still does my heart good to hear the story of Jesus and uh, what he done for me the price that he paid and I'm glad it's not a forgotten story and it's not a it's not a, a story of just history but it's a story that can still make a difference today it can still do the same for somebody today it can give you peace passes all understanding. When that story becomes real to you, when that's not just words in a song, it becomes more than just those words, but it becomes real. And you can anchor your faith and your hope in that, that account of what took place. And then that story is alive and well, and it, it makes, it makes a, a difference. Hey, you had not got to change it. I mean, it, it ain't got to be changed. It's it's 2,000 or better years old, but it's still just as good as the time it was first told. You ain't got to change it. I know they're trying to, and they want to. Many of them are, but I'm going to tell you, it's only the gospel that will bring a person to the knowledge that they need a Savior. Hebrews chapter number 2 this morning. Hebrews chapter number 2. We're going to begin to read with verse number 1, Hebrews chapter number 2. And we're going to begin to read with verse number 1. When you find your place, I'd invite you to stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God, Hebrews chapter number 2. And we're going to begin to read with verse number 1, Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1. The scripture says, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come whereof we speak. But one in a certain place testified saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him? or of the Son of Man, that thou visitest him. Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownedest him with glory and honor, and didst set him over the works of thy hand. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet, for in that he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. For it became him of whom all things, and by, uh, by whom all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one. For, who, for, for which cause? is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the, of, of the church will I sing praise unto, unto thee. And again, 
I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me. For as much then as the children are partakers of the flesh, of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. That through death he might be he might destroy him that hath the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject unto bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be merciful and faithful, might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. Father in heaven, thank you, dear God, for the privilege to have a Bible this morning. Thank you for the hour that you've let me stand. I ask you, dear God, for Holy Spirit unction this morning as I stand to preach the precious word of God. Lord God, help me, God, to, to put myself aside. Lord God, allow you to speak to us like you will. God, please, I pray that you'd speak to the lost. Help them, God, please, never to turn you away. And I beg this in Jesus' name, for he is worthy. Amen. And amen. Thank you. Be seated. Read quite a few verses, 18 verses of the second chapter of uh, the book of Hebrews. We find that the apostle Paul picks up, or I say Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. That's who, my, uh, who I believe is the writer here doesn't really matter. I know it was inspired of God. But I find here in, in verse number 1 he uses the word therefore. means there is a continuation of what has taken place in chapter number 1. And he's continuing to do some explaining. Remember this. Uh, he, he, he's described in chapter number 1 of the spirits or the condition or, or what angels are, what their purpose are. Then he goes into chapter 2 and said therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. In verse number 2, For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received was just recompense of reward. And he asked a question in verse number 3. He asked a question, what we're going to preach this morning. He said, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? I, I've, I've, I've preached this scripture in a, a couple of different ways. I believe in contextually when you stick with the scripture, you'll find that the apostle Paul, whom again I believe to be a writer, be the writer of this, uh, of this particular book, he's speaking to to we today and, and us, and he's speaking to those that could uh, have the opportunity. Remember, as we, we find in, in verse number 2, he goes on and he presents the gospel. He goes on and presents who Jesus is. He goes on and he testifies of, of Christ and, and of everything that Christ done that our redemption could be purchased and taken care of. He goes on and tells of, of the great story even that we heard about of what Jesus did, becoming our great high priest and and becoming the one that is uh, uh, the, the, the propitiation uh, for our sins. But he asked the question, uh, how shall we escape? Uh, maybe, maybe in other words, the, 
uh, the word, maybe what he would say is, what's your plan of action? How are you going to, uh, how are you going to escape? Uh, there is a determining factor. There is a plan that God has, and, and God's, God, God's plan is not in secret, okay? He give us a book uh, uh, detailing, detail by detail, uh, his mind. He gave us a book uh, giving us detail by detail, his thoughts, and, and what is going to happen. We don't have to enter into this thing blindly. Uh, the reason we do that is because we fail uh, to study the Word of God. We fail to, uh, to read what the book says. I know what the Bible says. Uh, maybe it's a, a good bit of it. And I, I'm not entering into this thing in blindness. And, and I know that there's coming a day when I'm going to give my, an account for myself before a holy God. But there came a day in my life in times past when I was approached by the Spirit of God, when I was dealt with by God's Spirit, when He came uh, to where I was, when He, when he, uh, he sought me out and, and He found me where I was, and, and when He dealt with me and, and urged me and ooed me and, and wooed me to, uh, to come unto Him and to believe the report of His darling Son. And the question is, uh, what, uh, how shall you escape? Uh, when you think about the greatness of what God's done, when you think about the greatness uh, of God's plan, when you think about the greatness of, of God's way to redeem fallen man, what's your your plan of escape. <coughs> What's your plan of escape when you, and then he asks a question there, or how shall you escape, or how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? The word there that he used in, is that was a word that I see so often today. We see actually taking place in life, the word neglect. The word neglect is a big word. Y'all do realize that word is a big word. Uh, the word neglect means to be, according to Webster's 1820, according to, uh, to what you'll look in your Strong's uh, Concordance, and you look that word up in the, the Greek, you'll find that word neglect means to be careless of, and it means to make light of. That word is uh, to be careless of. What, what, when you neglect, uh, uh, that means you're becoming careless of something. And when you neglect, it means that you begin to make light of something. Uh, so uh, I, I watch your plan of escape. When you neglect, when you become careless of uh, your eternal security, what's your plan of escape? When you become, or uh, when you make light of the opportunity that God gives you, according to Webster's 1828, of uh, the definition for neglect means this: it means to omit, it means not to notice, it means to fail to embrace or to slight. In other words, to make light of it, to slight it, to to fail to take the opportunity, to fail to embrace it when the time comes. And what a precious time, may I say it is, uh, when a person has the opportunity to be born again. What a precious time it is uh, when, uh, when the Holy Spirit of God visits you uh, where you are, uh, when He comes from, uh, from the portals of glory and rests upon you. What a precious time it is. A time that's so often taken for granted. <coughs> but we look at the word neglect this morning. The word neglect is a, is a critical problem in this world that we have today. We see a lot of neglect taking place. We see husbands uh, neglecting their families. Amen. You, you, you fail to, uh, to see the importance of bringing your family up in the house of God. You're a neglectful parent. Amen. You've neglected the responsibility. You're neglecting them. You're, you're neglecting uh, the opportunity that, that God is perhaps giving them that one day they'll be saved. Uh, we see husbands neglecting their duties as, as being husbands, as being leaders. We see 
wives neglecting their duties as, as being mothers, as being the instrument that God would use that, uh, that might be the, uh, the missionary that would lead their children to come to know the Lord Jesus as their Savior. We see both neglect the children and, and turning them over. I see this more today than anything. <coughs> the children have become such an unappreciated commodity that what we do is we turn them over to devices today. We give devices unto them to get their attention so they get out of our hair. Somebody say amen now. They get out of our hair. Don't bother me. Don't just go, you go, here, go take this. Let me pick you up something right here, and you go to go watch this, and, and you, they, they we'll spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in order to occupy our children in time we could be using to to illustrate and to give them the gospel. They're never too early to get the gospel. They're never too young to have the gospel. There, there's never a bad time for the gospel. So we see there's a lot of neglect. Now, we might not ever acknowledge it, but it's neglect. Uh, but when you, fail your, when, when you fail to discipline your children, like the Bible says, you know what that is? In my opinion, here it is. I believe that's a form of child abuse. I believe, it, I believe it is. When you fail to discipline like the Bible says to discipline. Well, I've got my way now, preacher. Well, your way ain't. Every man has a way in his own eyes. But that, those ways are the ways of death, according to what the Bible says. But I'm telling you, God's got a way. Amen. God's got a way to do this. And if we do it any other way, it's neglect. It becomes a, they, they, we become, a, 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 we become detrimental to our children in that area. Your way is not better. Let me say that again because it didn't hit like there's a snag there somewhere or another. Your way is not better. God's got a way. You've tried your way. Now why don't you try God's way? If something is neglected long enough, many times it'll just go away, at least in our own sight. Right? It'll just ease out of the picture. Somehow or another, something will get the attention of your children and will take them out of your way. You neglect uh, your wife long enough, soon there'll be somebody that'll show your wife the attention she's looking for. All right? You neglect your husband long enough, then soon there'll be someone to come along and and show your husband the attention that he needs. Neglect is a critical thing. It's an awful thing. All of these things are items of neglect today, but and they should all be paid attention to, okay? They ought to all have our attention given to them, but, but the greatest of these is the opportunity in which God gives you to be saved. It's the one thing that needs not to be neglected more than all of the rest. The opportunity to be born again. If you will with me this morning, notice the scripture. The scripture says to, in the beginning he asked the question, how shall we escape? What's your plan? Throughout time, men have devised and come up with with ideas to try to outthink God. Throughout time, men have tried to devise situations that they may 
find themselves and find that I'd rather do it my way than I had God's way. Oh, they come up with ideas like this. Well, me and God, we, we've got an understanding. No, you don't. That's a lie. That you, me, or God, me and God, we, we had a, me and God, we got things figured. You no, know, you, God don't need you to figure nothing out. God just needs you to accept his will. There's, there's nothing that you need to do to try to help God to get you saved, amen. God don't need your help. All he needs is your faith, amen. All that you need to do is trust what God's done. So you, you think about, I, I'll do it my way, preacher. Well, I believe this, and I, I could care less about what you believe if it's not in the Lord Jesus. That becomes neglect. That's neglecting the truth. And, and when you neglect the truth, you're paving your way to hell. When you neglect the truth, you're paving your way into eternal destruction. I'll do it my way. That's what Naaman said, remember? When the servant come out there and he said, go dip seven times in the river Jordan, Naaman said, hey, oh, the rivers back in my home country is better than that old muddy Jordan. Why, uh, look, I, listen, I, why didn't he tell me to go to this one, to the Parfar, to one of those other rivers? It's better there. I, there's got to be a better way. And the old servant that was with him said, if he'd have told you, if he'd have come out and, and struck his hands over you and done something like that, then surely you'd have thought that was good. But all he's told you to do was to go and dip seven times in the river Jordan. Why don't you just do it God's way? I'll do it my way, preacher. I'll do it my way. You, you say, well, I, certainly God's going to pass by me again. Certainly God's going to come my way again. Certainly God's going to give me another opportunity to be saved. Who told you that? If God the Holy Ghost comes by your way today, I want you to know it's the most precious time of your life. If God the Holy Spirit passes by you another opportunity and gives you that opportunity to see yourself lost, I want you to know that you don't have a more precious time in your life than that moment that God's Holy Spirit comes to where you are and gives you that opportunity. Acts chapter number 24 and verse number 25, we find there that uh, there was a, a man uh, that, that, that named Felix, and the Bible said, and he reasoned, Paul was reasoned with him of righteousness, temperance, uh, and judgment to come. That's verse number 25. Uh, the Bible said, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I'll call for thee. I studied the rest of the book of Acts. Y'all read it with me, hadn't you? Hadn't you read the book of Acts? Have you ever found where, where that Felix ever had a more convenient time than when the Holy Ghost of God had him trembling there, when the Holy Ghost of God had him concerned about uh, the, the righteousness and judgment to come? Uh, have you ever uh, have you ever found where, where Felix ever had the opportunity uh, to ever get saved? You see, that season never got any more convenient. It, it never got any more convenient. The season that you have to get born again or get, never get any more convenient. Do not neglect that opportunity. How shall we escape? How, sh how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? It's dangerous to neglect salvation. It's dangerous. First of all, when you neglect this opportunity, you're neglecting the man, number one. You're neglecting the man, Christ Jesus. First Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 5 said, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. 
when you're when you're neglecting the opportunity to be saved, you're neglecting the one that they that they sang about this morning. You're neglecting the one that climbed Calvary's hill. When you neglect the opportunity and the privilege to get saved, you're neglecting that story that you heard about this morning. You're neglecting the one uh, that took upon you his sin, that took upon you, uh, him, took upon him your sin, uh, that, that took upon uh, uh, him uh, your 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 fault, took uh, your guilt, took everything that you had, and took it all the way to Calvary's hill and nailed it to the cross of Calvary. There, you see, you're neglecting him. You're neglecting the one uh, that willingly uh, laid down his life. You're neglecting the one that willingly allowed him to plow furrows in his back. You're neglecting the one uh, that had twelve legions of angels standing guard and ready to come back. You're neglecting that uh, that man. You're neglecting that God man uh, that paid the debt of sin for you. Friend, let me, let me tell you today that the redemption can come your way. He is the God, the man of redemption. Uh, Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 13 uh, said, Christ uh, hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. I say hallelujah uh, to the name of the Lord. Listen, you're neglecting the one that took your curse. Look up here at the preacher. Friend, when you neglect the opportunity that God has given you and God is passing by you this morning, when you neglect that opportunity, you're taking it in your hands, you're taking your eternity and said, I'll get there the best I can. How shall we escape? He said, if we neglect a so great salvation, what's your plan of escape? Titus chapter 2 and verse number 14, the Bible said, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, Isaiah of good works, can I tell you today, can I ask you, how will you be redeemed if it's not for Jesus? You reject the man, you reject redemption's plan. When you reject the man, neglect him, you're neglecting God's plan of repentance. There's a big deal going on today. And uh, I'm seeing it more. I don't know why I'm seeing it more like I am. I'm hearing it so much the more where people are eliminating repentance from salvation. They're, they're, they're eliminating it. I even seen yesterday where if you, he, a guy said, if you're a Baptist preacher and you're a penny, you're, you're preaching, he said, please quit preaching repentance is necessary for salvation. You're looking at one that ain't going to quit preaching. You're looking at one that's going to tell you that repentance is still necessary for salvation. Amen, friend. I, you say, preacher, you ain't. The Bible just says believe. I know that. But I'm going to tell you, you cannot separate belief or faith and repentance. When I turned from myself and turned to him, that was repentance. When I quit trusting me and I started trusting him, that was repentance. Listen to Acts chapter 20 and verse number 21, uh, testifying both to the Jews uh, and also to the Greeks. Uh, notice this, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord uh, Jesus Christ. Friend, uh, you, got, you hadn't got any salvation if you hadn't got repentance involved in it. You're neglecting, you're neglecting the opportunity. Look at me. 
you're neglecting the opportunity this morning to be saved, you're neglecting Jesus. You're telling him he's not worth it. You're telling him he's not, he's not, he, he ain't worth you trusting. You neglect him. That's what you're telling. Not only are you neglecting the man, but you're neglecting the message. We heard already that's the sweetest story that's ever told. The story of Jesus. It is God's plan for redemption of fallen man. We know that unbelief is the reason one is lost. Right? The reason you're still lost today is because of unbelief. Number one, it's because you don't believe you're a sinner possibly. You don't believe you're lost. You could believe, you could say, I, I really don't believe uh, that I need to be saved. You're, you're placing yourself right there with God. I'm telling you, you're, you're in trouble. Romans 10, 16, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For his eyes saith, Lord, who hath believed thy report? What is the report? It's the story. The story is that he came of a virgin. I don't have a problem believing that. You, I believe that from a little bitty boy. <clears throat> it's not common sense that teaches me to believe that because common sense teaches me not to believe that. But it's through faith that I know that Jesus Christ came from a virgin womb. He came from a, from a maiden that never knew man in that manner before. He came from, now, now Mary is not to be worshipped. She was certainly a special young lady. But I believe today that if Mary could stand in the midst of us, she's saying, I can't hear your prayers. I can't help you get saved. I had to get saved trusting the same one that, that, that you get saved trusting. He came of a virgin. Hey, well, that's what he done. Not only did he come of a virgin, but he, came, he lived sinless. He, he lived 33 and a half years without, 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 Committing a sin. Mary never had to get, get on to him. Joseph never had to correct him. Y'all think about that for just a minute. I heard him. I heard uh, one of them fellers that sang that Southern Gospel. He one. Uh, he was talking about. Can you imagine that uh, Jesus one day and and Mary hollering back there to the Jesus cut your music now? No, that didn't ever happen. That didn't have to happen. He was faultless. He was sinless. He's the Son of Almighty God. When you, when you, when you neglect Him, you're neglecting the fact of, of, of the, the message that, that Jesus came into the world and He lived sinless and, and that He took our sins to Calvary. You're rejecting that, that opportunity that, 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 God, uh, that God gave His Son to take your place and to die in your stead. And you said He, he nailed Him to His cross. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 14. Listen to this blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. He took it out of the way. Those handwriting of ordinances that were, that were against him, those accusations that we were guilty of, those laws that we had broken, those things that we had done despite against God, he took them away, and he nailed them to the cross. I say hallelujah. You see, he's the sinless Savior. And that story ought not ever get, you ought to tell that little infant baby, Sister Becca, when you hold him in your hand, in your arms, you ought to tell him how Jesus came. You ought to tell him how he came of a virgin womb. Listen to me. 
these young ones around here that you think don't know what you're talking about. It don't matter if they know it or not. You tell them the story. You let them know what Jesus did. You know, it's, I, I don't know how early I was told the story of Jesus, Brother R.J., but I'm glad for the first time I ever heard it. I'm thank, I, I don't remember when it was the first time I ever heard the story, but I'm thankful for the first time that somebody told me, and I, I would imagine it was my mama or somebody like that, and I would imagine that, that my mama would tell me, son, one day you're going to need to get saved, and please, please don't ever turn him away. I'm thankful for the first time I ever heard it. You know what? I don't reckon it embarrassed me. I really don't. I, re I, don't, I don't recall it ever embarrassing me. I don't re I'll be honest with you. I don't recall it embarrassing me when, she, when we'd bow at evening supper time or, or, or Bible study time and, and Grandma and Mama would set me and my little brother down there and she'd, read, and she'd pray for us and call our name to the Lord. I don't ever... I don't ever remember it being embarrassed. I don't remember being embarrassed over that. Because somebody told me the story. Oh, what a precious story. The message of Jesus. Your redemption. Why would you neglect it? Why would you turn him away? Why would you not trust him? Why would you tell him no? Why? Why would you let him die in vain? Why would you allow that? Why would you not give him the opportunity to be your Lord and Savior? Man, what a message. So number three, and I'm done. Because you neglect a man and you neglect his message, here's what's bad. You're neglecting his mercy. Titus chapter number 3 and verse number 5. Paul said, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. You understand what Paul said there? It's not by our good deeds, which we've done, but the reason that I can stand here today and testify that I've been saved is simply because of his mercy. That he did not give me what it is that I ought to have that he did not give me the, the, my deserving factor. Oh, you hear people all the time, well, they, I don't deserve that. You better be glad you don't get what you deserve. You better be glad you hadn't got what you deserve. You got what you deserve. You'd right now be baking, boiling, and burning in a devil's hell. you'd have got what you deserved, you'd have never had the Lord pass by your way. You'd have been condemned to die, never to have repentance, never to have been given the opportunity to be saved. But when you neglect that, Brother Mike, when a person neglects that, they're neglecting the mercy of God. You see, God wants to be merciful to you. 
He said he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He's not willing that any should die and go to hell. That's not the will of God. You say, well, a God as big as he is, God, he won't send you to hell. If God, how can a loving God? God's not going to send you to hell. You, because of your neglect and unbelief, will send yourself to hell. Why would you? How are you going to escape? Oh, we get all kind of wild ideas. Brother Joe talks to me sometimes about some of his kinfolk and and some of the ideas that folks have that, that they concoct in their mind of how they're going to get out of eternity, how they're going to miss spending hell as their eternal home. Here's what's bad about it. What about your children and your grand? Hey, it ain't your blood that saves them. It ain't your blood that gives them eternal life because they got your blood running through their veins don't mean they're going to heaven. And let me tell you what that means. That means they're a sinner and twice doomed for hell. The only thing can help them is the blood of the Lord Jesus that was shed on Calvary. That's the only thing that can help them. And if they neglect that mercy that God's extended, how shall they escape? going to escape how shall they escape boys and girls look up here preacher how are you planning on escaping hey. you're born doomed to hell how are you going to escape it if you've never been saved you're headed there How are you going to escape it? Ma'am, look up here at preacher. You're doomed and damned to hell without Jesus. How are you going to escape hell if you neglect the opportunity to accept the Well, preacher, people think I'm already saved. It doesn't matter what people think. It's what God knows that matters. Sir, look up here. What's your plan of escape, sir, for you? What's your plan of escape? Has your life ever, well, I made a profession of faith. They've been a multitude of people in hell make professions of faith. Well, I was baptized. We was talking about that the other day. What you hear about people rejoicing over more now. Oh, glory to God, my baby got baptized the other day. That's good. When did they get saved? Baptism comes after that. There's an order. Because you got baptized don't mean you go into heaven. Sir, because you've been into baptismal waters and somebody, some, 
a preacher held his hand up there and baptized you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost don't mean that heaven's your home. I'm telling you, oh, but you better know it, is if your life has ever changed, have you ever had that change of life? How shall you escape, son? Better than that, how's your family going to escape? How's your family going to escape? How's your wife going to escape? How's your children going to escape? You neglect what God's done in your, your life. And in your heart, you're condemning and dooming your children and family to a devil's hell. You hear what I said? You're condemning, damning, and dooming your children, your wife, your family to a devil's hell. Preacher, that's hard preaching, I know it. How shall you escape? Let me help you with that. How shall you escape if you neglect so great salvation? This morning, I don't know, it probably, I don't know if anybody's, if the Lord's dealing with anyone or not. I don't know if the Lord's passing by your way or not. But I don't have to know. Only the Holy Spirit of God needs to know. And he knows that right now. He knows that. Would you come to him today? Would you trust him this morning? Would you allow him this morning to be your Lord? Would you believe the report? Oh, please don't neglect this opportunity.